0: thank you for tuning into sardis gemstones podcast where you will find all of our past and current sermons if you want to know more about sardis temple click the link in the description we hope you enjoyed this word from the lord we now resume with today's sermon in progress. The pastor of the Humanity Baptist Church, Pastor Robert Debo. Hear ye him. Amen. Amen and amen. Can you can you hear me? Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Y'all sit down. Y'all go ahead, sit down. It's all right. Amen. 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 I know y'all still on fire from Thursday and Friday. Amen. No, no, I just put this on. I just put this on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, though, for looking out. Amen. She's already on her job. Amen. 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 We first give honor to our Lord, Savior Jesus, who we know as the Christ, too. Uh, Your pastor, my Friend, amen, amen. Let's give Bishop Black a hand of praise, yeah. amen. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand. Yeah. Let's stand, let's stand. Yes, 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 amen to First Lady Drew, Minister Drew, Amen. amen, amen, amen. Yes, 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 I'm glad to see what God is doing in her life as well, amen, amen, and to each and every one of you, listen, you have been so wholesome and so hospitable, I thank our minister here, amen, the deacon, uh, where is he, deacon, is it uh, Tucker or Terry, amen, deacon Terry and minister Tucker, amen, amen, amen. I like him, he's back there, amen, Good seeing him back there. Now, y'all know you do, you always have more than one job in the church, right? Amen, amen, amen. If you ain't got at least three, something's wrong. Amen, amen. So to God be the glory. It's good seeing all of you. I see a former student of mine, him as a, he didn't grown up. Amen, 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 amen. And uh, I do want to give uh, honor to the spirit of the late uh, Lamar, Reverend Lamar Pendleton. Amen. <laughs> He, he invited me here for the first time 16 years ago, amen, amen, and I look at some of y'all, y'all didn't know how to spell church 16 years ago, amen, but he invited me here 16 years ago. I was new to the city of Newark, and he was uh, such a great mentor and friend, and so uh, when his grandson uh, took over, um, I saw the relief. Uh, In his spirit and on his face. He always uh, spoke to me privately, and uh, um, I had no choice but to make sure his uh, grandson knew that there was somebody in the city who was in support of him. Amen. Amen. And so I like what I see. Uh, Sardis Temple is in good hands. Amen. To God be the glory. Now, listen, um, I know y'all might be used to being around a long time. It ain't going to take me long. All right. Um, uh, I'm like a helicopter. I go straight up and I come down. Uh, and, so, and so to God be the glory. Um, uh, I do have a scripture I want to lift up this morning for your 60th anniversary. And it comes from Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 46 and 47. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verses 46 and verse 47. My version says, so continue in daily. With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. You can take your seats. I want to speak for a little while on your 60th anniversary from the subject, the hallmarks of a great church, all right? The hallmarks of a great church. Let us pray. Gracious God, our Father, we give glory and thanks to you. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this man of Christ, we pray. Let all hearts say amen and amen. Uh, the hallmarks of a great church, right? I said great, not perfect. Mm, You know, there is a difference. You can be great without being perfect. Uh, Let me give you an example. I know the greatest basketball player in your era is LeBron James or Steph Curry. Amen. And and as great as they are, they're not perfect, right? Amen. I was watching the game the other night. Steph missed a lot of shots. Amen. The greatest boxer of my era was Muhammad Ali. He was great, but he wasn't perfect. You got me? Amen. So he won three championships of the heavyweight crown at least three times, but he lost at least a handful of times. So great doesn't equip Or it's not equivalent to perfect. Now, the New Testament church was not perfect. Their various memberships were composed of sanctified sinners struggling to ward off the carnal spirit and put on all of Christ. They were sinners, I said, saved by grace. This was and is the church. The church is not brick or mortar, it's not stone or wood, it's not stained glass windows or plush carpeting. not brass altars and cushioned pews. The church is people, people like you and I, people that are flawed, people that has blemishes, people that are defective, deficient, lacking, and inadequate. Uh, But I'm going to tell you about this group of people. We are washed by the blood. Somebody say the blood. What can wash away your sins? What makes you whole again? Nothing but the blood. I want you to know there's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. What qualifies us is we are washed by the blood. Uh, we should be grateful that perfection is not a prerequisite to membership in the body of Christ. If such were the case, none of us would meet its qualification. But because, but because of her imperfection, the church is the place where sinners, messy folk like you, messy folk like me, where you and I can come and meet the challenge of spiritual growth. No, the church is not perfect, but we got to do better. We got to do better at spreading the gospel. We got to do better at giving our witness, huh? Church, we just got to do better. And after 60 years, we must continue to aim for greatness. Have you ever thought about what makes a great church? Is it the size? Uh, Can't be because I know I got a great church and we ain't big at all. Uh, Is it the bank account? Can't be there because we ain't got no money over there. Is it sheer numbers of members on the road books? No, that's not what makes a good church, or oh, I should say a great church. Would you allow me to use the New Testament church to inspire you this morning yes. on your 60th anniversary? Yes with all of her faults, and I'm talking about this New Testament church. You ought to go back and read it. The New Testament church was marvelously, I should say marvelously blessed by God. Their numbers were small. They suffered from a pitifully organized uh, uh, entity. They had no printing press, no electronic communication, and no mass transportation. Most of their money went to assist the widows and the orphans of the community. Yet, they came closer to winning their generation for Christ than any and all of the generations since then, with all of our millions of members, all of our methods in management, the church today cannot overshadow the efforts of those early dedicated few. Ah, In the first two chapters of Acts, we will examine the secret of the church's early blessings from God. What qualified them for prosperity and success? Well, if you turn back in Acts, the first chapter, around the 14th verse, it says, These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with all the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Uh, The verse says, it starts this way. It says, These all continue. See, in the early church, no one was absent. Uh, that's what you got to get. Uh, no one was absent from prayer meeting. No one was absent from the Sunday school. No one was absent. When was the last time all of the membership gathered for prayer meeting? Could it be that the church today lacks power because we have lost our fervent desire to stay in communication with God? In too many churches, prayer service has dwindled to the duty of a select few. Or oh, in some cases it has died altogether for lack of participation. What would happen to the church of the 21st century if all of God's people came together just for an hour of prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we see that they, huh? Not only that these all come together, but the verse tells us that they were on one accord. Ah, uh, that always gets me when it comes to my church. I know it's not here, but one accord. When accord, when accord their hearts were knit together in fellowship and love, they had the same common purpose and the same common need. They had all God's love to settle their difference, to solve their problems, to relieve their heartaches, to tame their tempers, and to lift their burdens. They allowed God's love, I said, to settle it all. Ah, ah will you be perfect? now? Will you have disagreements? Of course you will. But the key is you got to allow God's love to settle it all. Ah, They harbored no resentment. They carried no chip on the shoulder. They listened to no gossip and spoke no evil. Their love of God had enriched their lives. It calmed their fears. It sweetened their disposition and it lifted their burdens, making way for God's power to bind them for one common purpose and one common plan. I'm here to tell you they were a praying church. A praying church is a powerful church. While the 21st century church has used the corporate techniques of advertising, organizing, and promotion to further the kingdom of God. Yes, y'all, we can stream it all. We can put the photos, huh, on Instagram. You got podcasts as you're ticking and you're talking. All the former church did was come together and pray. The early Christian church, they relied on prayer. There is no substitute for communication with our Father, whether in our secret prayer closet, in the family of God, or in the worldwide effort of the unified prayer. Answered blessings come from fervent prayer. Yes. Uh, so the first thing we see, the first thing we give, huh? and I like what the pastor did. He gave charge to the new deaconess. Uh, And so here in the New Testament, they're giving us charge, the hallmarks of a great church. The first charge is to be a praying church. But then uh, they showed me something else here. God can also honor a witnessing church. Uh, I need you to go further up in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. It says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. In other words, they all began to witness, not just the pastor, (laughs) Uh, not just the deacons or the missionaries, all the people were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. They filled, or oh, I should say they filed out into the streets of Jerusalem with the exciting news of Christ's redeeming love. Uh, this band of Christian witnesses cried with a loud voice, he's alive, he's alive, he is the Messiah, the son of the living God. Oh, they didn't hold back. They didn't leave the witnessing to some professional group of clergy or specially trained evangelists. In our church of today, crying with a loud voice. Are we crying? Can the streets hear us crying? Can they hear us saying, he's alive? We got to tell this dying city that Christ does live. Oh, or have our lips become silent and our tongues motionless. Have our dusty prayer closet given way to the silence of neglect? Satan's greatest victory comes when men and women are convinced that their testimony no longer has validity. They cease to use the gifts and the talents God has given them to share their excitement over what Christ has done for them. They stop teaching a Sunday school class. They stop singing their solo. They stop playing their instruments. They stop leading the choir. And eventually they stop reading the scripture and seeking God's benediction. Hey, 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 I wonder, I wonder what would have happened or what would happen to the 21st century church if all of the saints of God would realize the importance of their testimony. God brings each of us out of a different experience for a purpose. You see, an alcoholic is more apt to listen to a recovering alcoholic. Uh, A young single mother is more apt to find encouragement in the testimony of a victorious single mother. You see, a drug addict is more likely to pay attention to a former addict who is on the road to recovery. Ah, uh, the victories that each of us experience, when shared with another, will lead them to the truth that through Christ we can do all things. Ah, right, right. uh, so you see, uh, he's charged us in this in this book of Acts. Now, Doctor Luke has charged us first to be a praying church. Huh? Yeah. That he's charged us to be a witnessing church. Uh, Acts 8 and 4 says, therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word of God. That's the last charge, and I'm going to get out of your way. You've got to preach the word of God. They didn't testify to each other. They went out into the streets, uh, into the highways and byways, carrying their message of salvation with them. Laymen and women, young and old, went everywhere everywhere. Their means would take them testifying, witnessing, preaching, and praising God. And God blessed their fellowship. And guess what? The church of God grew. Today, we can find the gospel message to the church sanctuary. We share amongst ourselves on occasion about the goodness of God, but we even neglect the importance of the edification of the body, and we sorely neglect the spread of the gospel beyond the walls of the church building. Ah, Do you ever wonder, do you ever wonder what would happen if each of us, huh, took the task of witnessing seriously? Ah, so the church of God can honor. Ah, yeah. The church that God can honor is one that prays, is one that witnesses, but is one that is preaching the word. Ah, she's also a church that is magnifying preaching. On the day of Pentecost, you see, Peter delivered the first sermon, glorifying the cross of Christ and preaching deliverance with power from on high. I'm talking about power now. I'm talking about showing up power. I'm talking about power in the presence of the Lord. I'm talking about can-do power. Power to overcome oppression. Power to outlast adversity. Power to relieve you from all of your anxiety. Power to deal with all the pressures of life. Power that can heal cancer. Uh, Power that can dry up tumors. I'm talking about power that can address all your financial pressures. All your relationship pressures. I'm talking about can do power. Anybody in here know anything about this can do power? I'm talking about can do power power that can make the normal become deacons in the church, power that can make the shy folk preach in the church, power that can make a little young man hit this percussion drum. I'm talking about showing up power you ought to take 30 seconds and give God some praise give us some praise I'm just here to tell you there's power in the preached word I'm talking about Peter he being Peter unfolded the gospel story to wayward men Men of many nations with diverse cultures and backgrounds. Men of substance and men with little resources. The message was all the same. Repent and be baptized. The Messiah has come. Peter and 120 apostles. New Christians with little scriptural training. Extended the invitation to discipleship to all who would listen. The 120 saints Guess what, church? They won 3,000 souls to Christ with just one sermon. Now we got to preach 3,000 sermons to get just one soul. But they had one sermon, and they got 3,000 souls. So saw this temple. Brother Bishop, I'm just here to encourage you this morning. Just preach the word. Preach the word. Preach it when all is well. Preach it when all is hell. Preach it when you're up, and preach it when you're down. Preach it when you're even leveled to the ground. Preach about our crucified and risen Savior. That's still the focus of the message. The church that God honors, the church that God will honor, it has a membership that will go to Him in prayer. It has a membership. That will witness to his word it has a membership that will preach the word she's a church of the living god sardis temple continue to be what you have been continue to be a lighthouse in a stormy world continue to be a restaurant for hungry souls Continue to be a hospital for the weary and worn. Continue to be a lifeboat for the sinking sinner. Continue to be a fortress for those who seek refuge from their battle. Continue to be a tree of life for those who would bear fruit. There's no other institution that can be compared to the church. She is the bride of Christ, and has gone through persecution and opposition she's gone through condemnation humiliation tribulation evaluation and even investigation and yet she still lives the church of jesus still lives she still lives she still lives lives. she's left her footprints on the shores of the distant land she left her fingerprints on the doorknobs of many homes. She's left her sweet, her sweet va- fragrance on the car doors of hospital beds. She's left her signature on thousands of documents. She's left her blessings on the rich and the poor. The church that God can honor, helps the underprivileged, provides the discouraged, Inspires the hopeless and encourages the weak and forsaken. I'm here to tell you. Your charge today, if you want to continue for 60 more years, be faithful to God's house, obedient to God's commands, supportive of God's word. Yield to God's spirit, but you got to be confident of God's promises, surrendered to God's will, trusting in God's judgment, and walking in God's light. But most importantly, you better be committed to God's cause. I'm talking about the hallmarks of a great church. Continue in your greatness. Happy and a person. thank you so much for listening if this sermon has blessed you please leave a 5 star review and hit the notification bell we love you and we hope you have a blessed day